Yeah, you know, the way of the future is supposedly uh, USB-C ports. I'm not digging it so far. Really not digging it. Oh, so you were using one and it didn't work? I switched all four ports and then uh, eventually, uh, after going through two of Apple's official, uh, what's it called, multimedia adapters, which is USB-C to USB-A, uh, got this working. Hi, James. How are you? Hey, I'm great. How are you? Should we start off? I'm, I'm great. Should we sh- start off the show? Yeah, man. Hi, I'm... Alex Cox, and I'm the senior producer, senior AV producer at Cards Against Humanity. And I'm, ah, and I'm James T. Green, and I make radio. (laughs) You okay there? (laughs) I I love it. I love it. What what was that scream? Oh, I didn't scream. Did I? I, Well, I guess uh, the recording (laughs) will will tell us. Well, we're actually on a weekly schedule now. This is insane. And I'm only, what, 45 minutes late? Yeah, I making, know. Making progress, though. Making progress. I know, but you at least gave me time to get home from work. Um, because right now, um, the New York City, uh, what is it, like, rainpocalypse is upon us? Oh, no. Which is totally fine, you know? Like, there's nothing like being in this garbage city and just, like, it being garbage day and smelling terrible and on top of that, wet humans. It's great. Mm. It's great. You know what would solve that, though, Alex? Being in Chicago? No. Um, hopping on one of those reinvented lift buses. I'm sorry, shuttles. Wait, what? Wait, uh, you have just made a joke that I have no... What's happening? Okay, all right. Lyft buses? So essentially, Lyft just essentially are just trying to recreate buses just without poor people, to be completely (laughs) honest. (laughs) It's not funny. It's not... But, you know, privatized... Uh, privatized <laughs> companies trying to put out public services. Yeah, so essentially they, they launched this thing called Lyft Shuttle, and the pilot cities are uh, San Francisco and Chicago. And get this, this is, um, they state that Lyft Shuttles, you are picked up and dropped off at specific locations, they come at specific times, <laughs> and they are cheaper than said pool or private Lyft ride. And like they're they're pretty much like saying it's it's public transportation, but privatized. Um, and when you think about it, like in order to have a Lyft account, you have to have a smartphone and uh, like a credit card or debit card. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's like public transit without all those crummy non elites. I know, fucking <sighs> fucking Silicon Valley. <laughs> the thing, oh God. Have you heard about the boring company, Elon Musk's new endeavor? No. It's this uh, new infrastructure he hopes to build where you're, uh, and it's specifically starting to to be implemented in LA. And by starting to, I mean, they're doing like super early concept designs and stuff like that. 
but uh, your Tesla will pull into basically like a small parking spot kind of type thing on the side of the road. And then that spot will lower the car <laughs> into the ground. And, <laughs> and then uh, it basically you're on a super fast speedway, kind of like in Minority Report. Like this then dude it is becomes, doing the fucking most. <laughs> The, the, well, and, and I'm like, okay, wait, so is this privatized roads that are happening? Because, because I'm like, okay, problematic boyfriend. But then I'm like, hmm. This guy, maybe maybe this billionaire white man can be redeemed because SpaceX gets all of its funding from NASA. And so what if the boring company becomes kind of like, partnering the the way that like divi and ventra sort of uh partner with the cta and the cta for people don't know is the um chicago's public transportation system Uh, do you well i should ask you do you think ventra was a positive step forward for the c oh man (laughs) man this is some incredible hot takes um so for so for non-Chicago listeners, um, Ventra is, um, would you call it an evolution of um, the fare uh, system uh, in Chicago? Um, it essentially replaced what New York uses um, and many other public transit systems use where it's a flimsy magnetic swipe card and they essentially moved to contactless uh, for fare and you know that encompassed an app and it allows you to like load up your fare so oh man i kind of like there are some positives of like updating the fare system i mean like i will say it's it was super convenient like if i'm walking to the train and i was like oh shit i realize i don't have money on my card i can just pull out my phone and um load it up but there is like a downside because like in turn, in order to have these um, benefits, you still have to have the barrier to entry that is a smartphone. And the only places to load up your fare are in train stations. And if you think about it in Chicago, there aren't many served train stations in what parts of the city, West and South sides. Mm -hmm. So in order to load up a fare card and you don't have a smartphone, you have to walk or somehow get to a way out the way train system in a part of, in a part of the city that doesn't get a lot of treatment. So, I mean, this is me like armchair city planning here, but like I've seen in other uh, metropolitan cities where they have these uh, like fare loading systems that exist by bus stops. Um, I know Cleveland had it. Um, I know Denver, I think Denver had it last time I went there. I can't remember. Um, I think I might've saw it in Portland. Please somebody like fact check me. I guess that's what follow-ups for. Um, but I would have been more forgiving of Ventra if they provided more options for people that cannot afford um, smartphones and data plans and things of that nature, or simply do not want a smartphone. Um, but that that's my like really quick hot take. I will say, you know, as the resident white privileged person, like obviously I was there you go. very jazzed about, you know, just being able to, uh, re- refill my card. Um, and especially now that I take 
public transportation more sporadically. Like I used to do just the $100 a month. And and we can also, I mean, that in itself is a problem for the CTA. Like a monthly $100 fare is really expensive. Some people can't pay that up front and then you end up paying more throughout the month. But that's an obvious flaw of all. That is capitalism. But the, the thing with Ventra though, um, they didn't have control of where they could put the those kiosks. So, and I will say, like, let's let's be real though. A lot of young folks, especially, they do indeed have smartphones, and it's not like their app only runs on the newest Android system and the newest iOS, uh, iOS OS. Um, so I do think though that folks have better access to putting money on their cards don't you think like it's not like they took away something or am i I wrong i I mean they didn't they didn't take away anything and they gave people more options but i feel like that should have been included in the larger strategy because like there are older folks that may not even want a fucking smartphone oh no i mean but but um or people that um you know, um, let's say um, they have uh, disabilities and they can't yep. afford an iPhone that has in, like great accessibility options, and, uh, but they still need to get around and go to a doctor's appointment all the way in the loop. The loop is uh, downtown Chicago. Um, like those type of people um, are essentially shit out of luck. And I know like more and more people are getting smartphones, but I think it's a very privileged position to assume that oh yeah the problem just get a smartphone like oh yeah yeah. absolutely and but the reason i guess i bring this up is that i do think ventra unlike other systems where uh let's say divi divi um is a public bike program in chicago lots of cities have it now you see like basically an electronic bike rack down the street and you put in a credit card, you get a bike and then you rent it for a number of hours. Um, and those are primarily in the whitest parts of the city. And it, and then of the, those parts of the city have gotten new bike lanes and you know, the roads have been redone. And I think Divi caused a problem. Whereas I don't know Ventra did. And I think the and the reason I bring this up is I wonder if the boring company to bring it back to my problematic boyfriend, Elon Musk, is like what I wonder if this becomes a like civil partnership, if this becomes part of city planning. Obviously, yes, it, it it's first going to come to people with cars, people with Teslas. But yeah, eventually, like- yeah. Eventually, though, the world is going to run out of coal. Uh, my my boss and mentor, Trin, was just talking about this. Like, eventually, it's going to happen. We're going to run out of gas. And buses are going to be uh, electric sooner ho- sooner than later, hopefully. Um, and is it going to take, like, woke billionaires to be like, yeah, we're going to in- invest in this uh, infrastructure and also influence policy? Like, I- I'm not defending this man going, 
on Trump's advisory council. <laughs> that was bad. Bad man. Bad Elon Musk. Good job leaving. I don't want to pat you on the back, but your arms are really hot. So maybe if I could touch, pat your arms, I would do that. <laughs> I, I I don't know. Just because you are, you are a cyclist. You care a lot about... Um, urban architecture not architecture uh like like urban engineer infrastructure and engineering and i should know more about this because my dad's a civil engineer um but i i don't know man because i keep thinking like spacex is essentially subsidized by nasa and nasa is the and the reason that it is is because they can do things cheaper than nasa can and i'm having this weird i'm i'm, I'm like am i just being blinded by this man's hot arms and also the idea like am i being capitalized capitalismed at again i i, I don't know are. i think you are yeah and i'm gonna yeah i'm gonna say that like i think yeah. you are because like i'm like immediately when you uh, mentioned as this like super highway i immediately thought of well the ticket to entry to the super highway is like buying a incredibly like, fifty thousand dollar plus car and, and, a propri- and a proprietary fifty thousand dollar plus right, car <laughs> right right and <laughs> you know what i mean like mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. i'm thinking like the closest thing that i can compare this to is i don't need a tesla to take a toll road um, you know what I mean? That is an example of road infrastructure that provides quicker distances from A to B, um, with like a pay to, you know, enter this road, so on and so forth. So I don't know, like, well, and, and I, that's what I'm kind of getting at, though, is that like, I don't think despite, let's say, all of upper middle class and rich America buys a Tesla. I still don't think that's enough to, 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 sorry. I don't, I still don't think that's enough for Elon Musk to afford to build out this infrastructure. Like it has to be a government project. Like there's, there's just no way. Yeah. And there's, and well, I was going to say there's no way the government would, but that's how we got into Trump's America. So uh, I'm never going to say there's no way that the government could X. Um, but I mean, <laughs> exactly. frankly, um, frankly, uh, I, I'm not into this idea. I mean, I'm always in the camp of anything that lessens cars on the road is a move towards like, Oh my God, here comes my hippy dippy moment. A more sustainable society. Uh, so, <laughs> so any, so anything that doesn't prioritize even uh, like easier ways for cars to get around and ways that prioritizes like more ways to get people around, like incredibly efficient, like is, is good in my book. And unfortunately, in my opinion, like this super highway for vehicles that are more than likely just going to be transporting one person is not the way to go. And am I so then I have another question because it's (laughs) I'm like fighting all of the the learned capitalist instincts in my brain that want this to exist because uh, come to the side. It's 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 much it's it's much uh, better. Like I said last week, getting a little bit more cynical. It's it's a clear world. But but what if all the in all right I'm I full disclosure if I had enough money for a Tesla 100% getting a Tesla 
absolutely I, I would fucking do it too yeah i'm not even ne- going front <laughs> never i without I blinking front. without blinking i would go and i yeah yeah and i would use the super highway but but then i'm wondering like maybe this frees up like this it causes less damage to the roads and the like I was talking I think, to my. I think you're stretching. I, think I am. I am that absolutely is completely stretching. I am. T- I. I'm aware that right now, what I am proposing is basically an impossible. Right now, in the current state of the world, is an impossible utopian future that I'm envisioning. But I wonder if other people are envisioning that too, who are working on this project, because. I, I don't know. I just want to believe because I am. I am in the cynical dark pile of ick and I just the the, the people that I know and and both of us know who work on city infrastructure are so passionate and the the tech involved with city infrastructure poor people are always left behind and yep. as 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 it is in all of the world. Um Yep. There's and a I reason just, why uh, in these u- utopian-esque demo videos that you see, you never see just like a regular-ass middle-class person. Man, and well, and and that's why I bring up the whole, we're going to run out of gas eventually. So we might not see it in our lifetime, but eventually, like, battery-powered vehicles are going to be the way people get around. Like, that is just mm-hmm. how it is going to happen. So it's, like, when does that whole trickle-down economy, like, when when is that going to exist? And, again, as soon as I, in my lifetime, I will be able to afford a Tesla or or something. Like, I will be able to buy a used crappy ass electric car that you know i'll probably pay to replace the batteries and i'm going to be thrilled when that happens because capitalism and i like batteries <laughs> Ugh. I do. james i love batteries so much oh my Ugh. fucking god alex <laughs> i know i'm sorry this is one please at me it because of all of the reasons I am wrong in this episode because I recognize that I am being delusional, I am being naive, and I am being a dumb white woman. So please at me with all of your hot takes that are correct. I think the best thing that happened to me was no longer working in tech because I just have like I don't know. I'm just like I, I see the I see the bullshit like so much clearer and it just like fucks me up like i don't know i was thinking the other day i was like what was like i was thinking like man like a couple years ago what was most important to me and like Mm -hmm. what was most important to me like man i'm so embarrassed like whatever i saw on like sidebar that uh that newsletter i was like oh man like this is all great stuff and i don't know i don't know alex i don't even know where i'm going with this i don't even know what sidebar sidebar it, um it's 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 interesting if you're a designer or like into this shit but it's like uh, i think it's this guy sasha something um and he uh tweets out uh not tweets oh my uh, my lexicon here um he sends a newsletter of the five most interesting design things of the day and they were interesting things and like you know it was a great resource for when i was into that but i mean now it's just not interesting anymore. 
<laughs> I'm just like, man, like the world is so much larger, I guess to me, you know what I mean? Like, uh, if, if I can, um, if I never see another unsolicited redesign of a pointless thing, uh, a day in my life, I, I will live a happy man. <laughs> what, what do you mean by unsolicited redesign? Like the new Twitter app? Uh, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like this person redesigned iOS and my mind is blown because it looks so much better. You know what I mean? Like things that are just essentially just like click fodder, um, to fill the noise of the internet. Um, I don't oh, know. I see. But but the interesting thing about it is like as I'm saying that aloud, like now I'm like, oh my gosh, like why am I shitting on someone else because them doing this like is essentially, you know, it's them practicing. They're practicing design and they're learning stuff. So you know what? I shouldn't shit on that person for doing that. So I, mean, I retract my statement. I had the same realization about fashion a few years back when I was mm-hmm. like, oh, God, everyone's so vain, meh, meh, makeup, meh, meh, meh. and it was my own like internalized misogyny, really, because I I don't care that much about fashion or so I thought. I don't care about fashion most days. And some days now I'm like, oh, yes, I am going to look extremely dapper. Like right now I'm wearing ill-fitting jeans, my two-year-old Nike shoes, a podcasting shirt, and I just look like a trash human. And I love that and own that about myself. But people like fashion is fucking art. And people who are listening this you you know this because this is not a big revelation. Like, of course, I was just an idiot, and I, I don't know. You're right. Like, it's okay to not like things. Yeah. <sighs> oh man, isn't it? Isn't it interesting to be a well-rounded human? <laughs> I wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> I would not know, James. But I imagine. I imagine it's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I I, want to circle back, though. So you're talking about um, the things that you that aren't important to you anymore. What on a daily basis excites you these days? Oh, man. Wow. Uh, I haven't really thought about that lately. Wow. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. What excites me nowadays? Ah, so like. If I had to think about something that excites me right now at this very moment is people that have incredible confidence in themselves that are um, marginalized. Mm -hmm. And when I'm saying marginalized, like, and I'm thinking particularly um, people that, uh, you know, identify as fat or of size or, um, you know, like people that are like confident in like doing whatever they do while being fat, that fucking excites me. Like I'm thinking about the things that I Google without prompt and it's mm-hmm. usually that. <laughs> and in the wild thing, in the wild thing about it, it's like, it's not even always about fashion, but it's just like, ugh. Like somebody is doing like doing an in, like a really rad thing, and they happen to be fat. Like I find that so dope. Like you're making this app, or you designed this thing, or you reported this story, and you are like, and you look like me. Like I don't know. That excites me. 
That is a very interesting answer. Can you put some links in the show notes to like people who identify as fat and are making cool things? Yes. I. <laughs> this is a very strange self-conscious thing that's so like i i've always been a a fat lesbian and now because of like well not always i because of medication like switching i am rapidly losing weight and i'm like oh fuck i don't what is the point where i can't make self-deprecating jokes about my body anymore like i Mm. i and I don't mean self-deprecating jokes of like, haha, fat jokes, but like, haha, I am a trash person because I am wearing like, I give no fucks and I'm wearing a podcast shirt with holes in it. Actually, it's not a podcast shirt. It is a sandwich video shirt for, uh, made by Lonely Sandwich, one of my favorite <laughs> uh, <laughs> commercial director directors. But it's like, I, I think this whole thing with body image is, is super interesting because I'm not making an active choice. Like, I have this active choice to be healthy, but not an active choice that just has made me less fat. It, 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 I literally have no control over it. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just weird, you know? It's, it, I, I don't know. It's very strange. It's a yeah. weird... Uh, and, the, and the thing that's, like, kind of made me really aware of this is, like, so... I started listening to this show. Um, it's called Everybody. Like, it literally as it sounds. Everybody, but just two separate words. Um, and it's just it's a podcast, um, obviously. Um, and the premise of the show, like, it's a very simple premise. Like, they're just two-way interviews um, recorded over Skype uh, between, like, 20 to 40 minutes. But the, um, every person that um, is interviewed is someone who is within, like, fat positivity or um, body positivity um, space. And it's really interesting. Like, the, the conversations are great. Um, granted, it's not the best produced show. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and just as far as, like, sound quality and, you know, like, I'm a fucking audio producer. So I'm consistently always listening <laughs> to it and be like, all right, well, we could have cut that or we could have moved that around. But if you completely like listen to it as just like you're sitting in on a conversation very much like this, this is not a very well produced podcast. I will be completely honest. Um, It is very, it's, it's kind of like it's, it's for lack of a better phrase, it's comfort food Um, Mm -hmm. in making me feel more comfortable in doing what I do while still identifying my body. And I mean, I thought about, like, when you said about, like, the medication, Alex, like, um, like, I remember I was so, man, this is not a tech podcast anymore. So, <laughs> so when I was younger. Uh, medication's a technology. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> tech on, in a on. very, very <laughs> loose way. Um, when I was younger, I, um, I weighed, like, uh, like, a pretty hefty amount. And then in high school. I dropped like 150 pounds in three months, which like now I think back and essentially it was an eating disorder. Like I did not eat enough food. I exercised tremendously. I unhealthily counted calories like and uh, but I dropped all the weight and I was super skinny and I and I loved the attention I got from being skinny and all this stuff. Um, but of course, you go to college, you discover uh, campus pizza and you discover all nighters <laughs> and um, like all the in alcohol and all that stuff. And 
eventually started gaining weight again. Um, and then like, it just became like this ever like fluctuating thing of like gaining weight, losing weight, gaining weight, losing weight. Um, and it's kind of been that way until I'd want to say like, man, like four years ago, four or five years ago, um, when I, man, I'm sorry, we're, we're, we're getting a downer here, guys. Um, um, I lost my best friend to cancer and I got really depressed. And with that depression, I became very suicidal and but but mind you, I had no idea what this was called at the time. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. in the bla- in the black community, nobody like it's it's like uh, therapy is like not you know you don't go to therapy like like yeah. that type of shit. You know what I mean? So I didn't know what I was having was depression. I mm-hmm. thought I was just being sad, um, and I just needed to get over it. But um, um, my lovely partner slash wife convinced me to go to therapy and and see a psychiatrist and i learned about depression i learned about anxiety i learned about bipolar because i'm also on the spectrum um i learned about um ocd um which i'm also on the spectrum and i was introduced to medication and with this medication meant um the lovely lovely lexapro um what that means that i put on weight Lexapro um, holds water. And Mm -hmm. with that, like from that sense, I've gained like about like 50, 60 pounds. And it's like, I remember, and I was like kind of feeling, I was like, I hate that I'm gaining weight. Um, but I like that I don't feel like killing myself anymore. You know what I mean? Yep, <laughs> um, yep, though. And, <laughs> yeah. And Have those feels. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. So it's like, um, and I want to say, like, it wasn't until, like, a year, a year and some change ago where I really was like, you know what? Like, this is how my body's going to be. Like, my weight has been super stable. And, like, I feel like it's because, like, this is where I comfortably am. I eat very well. Like, you know, I I have the occasional hot chips. But, like, I eat a shit ton of greens. And I walk everywhere. You just, like, I cycle. Like, um, I can, I still run. um, But I just have a bigger frame. And I guess this all loops back to this pod those podcasts i listen to but it just it's it's kind of like a reminder like it's kind of like a little reminder that's like yeah you know what like you can be bigger and be happier with yourself and healthy and like still do a bunch of shit and like do awesome shit and still be big like there's so many stereotypes it's like anyone who is fat or of size or anything of that nature like is just a lazy slob that doesn't do anything and is unaccomplished and lazy 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 but Mm -hmm. you know when i see these things online or when i hear these people they're like incredibly accomplished and completely the opposite of lazy so yeah i just rambled (laughs) that was no you told a coherent story that had many twists and turns that's not rambling rambling that's my brand james you can't Uh, you can't you can't step on uh, uh, technology technology let's Uh, talk about 
AFS Plus. Well, well, actually, we should talk about boobs for a second, as much as sure, <laughs> let's do it. Because, like, as as I go from like fat to chubby, it's like is uh, I'm. The boobs go first for a lot of women, and I'm very lucky that I have a partner who doesn't uh, care about body size, even though, like, everybody cares about body size when... uh, I I shouldn't say everybody. Most people that I've encountered in my life. And always, I was the cute lesbian because my boobs are awesome. Uh, But I (laughs) I can't believe I said that on a podcast. (laughs) Hey... But they are. And I'm going to, you know what? I have never, I don't think I've ever complimented myself on this podcast, but n- not going to lie. It, and it is not my choice. And it is not something that, it is not an accomplishment. But I've uh, um, admittedly, subjectively, pretty great boobs to a lot of straight women, or women, sorry, uh, women who identify as straight and then they met me and they did not identify as straight anymore. Uh, and so now it's and I'm becoming super self-conscious. It's like, oh, this one thing that I felt good about, um, m- m- like this this one thing that I was not selfish self-conscious about um, is is gonna is like going away. And it sucks. It just sucks. And like it, the the other thing too is I have a partner who is. Again, I am saying all of this subjectively, and I am wrong, and these, this is not language that I should use, I know, but my partner's way hotter than I am, and it is, and it's like, it's always this thing of like, Mel, you are so much hotter than me, and she's like, no, 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 like, you are my type, and it's like, what if suddenly your body changes, and you're not that person's type anymore, and uh, it's this big, deep, swirly, dark thing of despair. Oh, no, because- that's so true because oh god no that's so true because like when misogyny's yeah. great guys so yeah, because great. like i've thought about that so much because like um when i met my partner um i was that super thin dude and <laughs> pretty much like we've been together for years and years and years and she's seen my body change but it's really interesting because like while i was by conventional um, European uh, normative standards hotter I was sadder I was a sad like not only internally but just like a sad man is like in my thoughts and I look at myself now and granted I think I'm a hot piece of ass but like um by conventional European standards I am I should not be considered attractive but I am so much more confident than I am now and I will admit like sometimes I've come to like my partner and been like do you like I'll I'll, like I'll have moments where I'm like super confident and then I'll have moments where I'm I'm just like you I'm just like do you still find me attractive (laughs) like I'm not who who you met (laughs) you know what I mean (laughs) I'm I'm gonna say though by like uh, western European queer standards though you are hot which is an interesting thing because, Wait, what? Really? Yeah, like no, like I would, I would say that. Like, think about uh, how the queer community has embraced. And when I say queer, I do mean it in the most positive, like 
the be, because you when you carry yourself with such confidence and and you can tell people are like oh damn james is hot and at times i have been considered hot when i have had self-confidence in my body you know the 30 seconds that i've been self-confident <laughs> on this earth <laughs> and been like yeah my tie is fucking dapper uh but but I wonder a lot about like uh, queer communities in other countries and what is considered attractive there. Like, oh. are butch women considered more attractive? Like, are uh, butch? I mean, here we obviously have a ton of um, sub communities, and you know we've got in large if you want to put big large umbrella terms like we got the lipstick butch, and then. You know, bears and otters and twinks and all all the great gays. But <laughs> we still have conventional standards in the queer community about what is and is not attractive. Yeah. And I would recommend there is a... Um, well, actually, I would just fucking recommend the entire podcast, Nancy. Have you listened yes, to Nancy? Yes. Because love Nancy. there's been a couple episodes where they've talked about that, particularly about like identification primarily in like women identifying um or even um like uh of of the queer community and they talk about like like butchness and like all all this type of like body body type um identification um i i would highly recommend like if you have enjoyed last week's episode (laughs) where we where we essentially (laughs) broke broke the queer bubble on this uh podcast you would really like nancy broke the queer bubble i don't even know (laughs) (laughs) i don't know like we we talked the entire episode where we just talked about feelings um Uh, about queerness uh, uh, and we're doing it again and according to twitter people seem to enjoy it so I'm I remember exactly what you were talking about um the Lena Waithe who is yeah. the uh <laughs> as identified by Nancy as the coolest lesbian uh ever and they they used terminology and that she I, said a well, soft stud. stud she called herself a soft, soft stud. stud yeah that's it and I was like oh shit yeah that's that's what I'm attracted to I oh, was yeah, just about to yeah, say right. I think you're I, I would consider you a soft stud I I think so too. I was like, oh shit, you're right because I've never really identified with being butch. No, I I don't know. It, I'm just like eh, I don't know because because I have always been very much um not confident in my gender. That sounds weird. Uh but like I I am like a cis woman and it uh, I, I don't know. I always felt like, yeah, I love wearing ties, but I want them to be like purple and like I sometimes <laughs> I'm okay with wearing see, uh showing cleavage, but sometimes I definitely have like a tight sports bra and I want to wear dude shirts and have like I and I then I was like, "Wait, soft stud? What what in the heck?" And then I see on Urban Dictionary that this term has been around since 2006. Yeah. Like, I no come idea. on. I had no man. Idea. Oh, I, I, I'm, How about a, that, I'm man? a fake queer kid. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the Tumblr, the Tumblr kids didn't invent everything, you know? The- <laughs> oh, God, I'm so old. Mm. All right. Well, maybe next week we'll talk about our new to-do lists. We have a lot of great notes that we can... <laughs> <laughs> that we didn't even well- talk about. <laughs> <laughs> uh. but, it, but this is the refresh way, I guess, right? 
Yeah, I mean, it'll be, well, it'll be refreshing next week when we oh, talk God. about our feelings, but uh, <laughs> but but my feelings involve a lot of the new ways I go about using tech. A lot of, uh, as you said, a lot of things has, have changed. It's, a, it's like a brand, brand new day. Mm. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of wild. I don't know if I want to tell you the biggest change yet. I don't know if I'll, t- I'll tease that for next week. You know what? I think, I think you should just drop it and we'll and 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 then we can end the episode on this okay so what is the one biggest change um i stopped using overcast and i know you used a podcast app oh ah, no what? oh okay well mm. <laughs> all right <laughs> Well, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at at Alex Cox, spelled C-O-X, not the other way. And you can follow me on Twitter at underscore James T. Green, and it's green like the color without an E at the end. And we are, uh, you can find both of us at underscore, or at underscore refresh FM, probably. There you go. You're a true professional. And this week, the F in F5 stands for... Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, no, I'm not going to say that. Um, wait, wait, wait. No, 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 no. I'm definitely not going to say that. Um, <laughs> uh, let's think. Let's think here. Um, Fat we feelings? About, we talked about uh, Tesla. We talked about underground highways we talked about um okay i got it the fnf5 stands for elon musk's flexing biceps Ah, (laughs) i'm gonna go home and think about that for a while um i (laughs) i don't have anything to say there put some lotion on your fingers Is is this a loop joke? I don't even know what's happening. Are are we making a masturbation joke? Because I want to. I want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that definitely. That that was. You can cut that out. Big big (laughs) asterisk, guys. No, no. Keep this in because if you do use low, if you have, if you're a person who has vagina type parts. Uh, don't use lotion on your vulva without consulting with your doctor because it's a self-cleaning oven and getting getting chemicals in there, you know, mm, gotta be. Gotta yeah, be actually, yeah, I Do take that. Research. Yeah, I take that back. Like, don't don't use lotion because yeah, that is extremely dangerous. Use a water soluble lube. Um, <laughs> that's dangerous, but and and masturbation is totally okay. Um. Man, a, a topic for another day is about how it is safe to use like oh, e- basic ass over the counter uh, lotion f- for a dude, not dudes, people with penises to jack off. Mm. Where ladies need the fancy, expensive. Yeah, it's uh, all. Ex- it's all ex- yeah, it's all these weird parts. Um, mm, patriarchy. Yeah, um, coconut oil though. Coconut oil. Coconut. Yeah. Guys, everybody, <laughs> everybody, please know that I'm not going home to masturbate. I'm gonna go and watch. I'm, I'm going to see Cars Three, actually. Oh, I mean, I'm not. I'm not gonna knock your fetish. I. <laughs> Do you remember that? Um, 
is this essentially the after show do you remember that um there was a tlc um about the guy who fell in love with his car and he fucked the car by like putting his dick in like the exhaust and he was like hump the um he would hump the hood and shit it's on youtube Oh, oh this is your responsibility to put this in the show notes alex uh, I, i'll i'll look for that and if that's all what right. you want to and if that's what you want to do to lightning mcqueen uh, no no means, i don't no i don't by all I, oh god <laughs> all right well, james i'll talk to you next week I'm gonna... <laughs> oh man yeah oh, that that's that's an episode of refresh right there that's an episode <laughs>